0: Come on up here. This is Lori, of course. Lori is the, um, the county director of Young Life on our pastoral staff, but um, we support her. I asked Lori, because listen, you guys, the next generation didn't grow up the same way I did. Right? Or anybody. Like, there's a lot of different needs. And I've asked Lori, because she's been now laboring in this field, to kind of sensitize us, and part of this is for our prayer focus, but my main deal here is that each of us would have much more compassion on the next generation and not have a snooty, negative attitude about anything, because you don't. We haven't walked in their shoes, and there's a lot of pain, anxiety, and all kinds of things going on. And so, anyway, take it away. We appreciate this.
1: First of all, I just want to thank you. Um, it's a huge privilege to have um, a church actually want to talk about this topic so we're already starting in a good place I think and so I've always appreciated the support that you have given uh, to me and to young life and to our young people and being willing to understand them I think is huge and that's what they need right now more than anything Um, I'm going to just read one scripture here I'll be talking about other scriptures but I want to start with a scripture it says one generation Shall commend your works. This is in Psalms 145. "One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth your, the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteous, your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. Um, I'm reading that because how will they know the, how will they know unless we go? (laughs) How, who's going to tell them all of this great works? Um, The one scripture that I can't seem to get away from is, um, it's, in, it's in Matthew, but there's also one in Luke, and um, it's 10, uh, I think, verse, where I'm not sure of the location there, but I know it's Luke 10. But it's Jesus is about to send the 70 out, two by two, to go into to do the works that he's done. And right before he does sends them out, he said, uh, pray to the Lord of harvest. Pray earnestly to the Lord of harvest that he, that though the harvest is ready, the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord of harvest that he would send laborers. So I've been on this scripture for about a year now. And God has been very gracious and has been leading me to people in our community that the same scripture is burning in their hearts. So it's pretty awesome. They're from different churches. They're from different faiths, even like, uh, not different faiths necessarily, but different practices of worship than what we practice. And so it's been pretty incredible. Um, But there's a word that is used that says pray earnestly, earnestly. What does earnest? Earnest means um, like a greater intensity than you were before. So what you were doing before, you need to change. In fact, this whole message today is going to be about a shift in our mindset. And I appreciate the fact that you're even willing to listen to a shift of mindset. I appreciate that more than you know. Um, It's not... uh, Earnest is not a flippant. The opposite of earnest is flippant, like just casual. We're just going to casually like throw up a few prayers for young people. They're all going to hell in a handbasket anyways. I don't know, Lord, you can do something with this. You know, kind of like how we are when we pray with our McDonald's meal. Lord, if you can do something with this. There's any nutrition in here. So earnest is like the gravity, seriousness, focused. It's not lighthearted at all. So In light of all of this, I'm here today to just kind of be a voice um, for the next generation, Gen Z. Um, And I'm coming, like, I have had to make a lot of adjustments through this process, this three-year process. I've not always gotten it correct. In fact, I failed first, and then I had to make, and then I was like, what's happening? So I'm going to share a little bit of my journey as well. But empathy comes from the ability to understand the point of view of another person. And empathy produces compassion. And out of compassion comes the word passion. And so I have this passion that I've not had before. And I, I had it a long time ago when I worked with little children in Head Start. When I knew that I wasn't working for a career. I mean, thank God, because I wasn't making any money. You know what I mean? I was there for a purpose. And in that purpose, um, I spent a lot of time... Um, reaching little ones and their families who are impoverished. And so I learned a lot, and I had this passion. I didn't feel like I was going to work. I felt like I was going to the mission field. That intensity now has increased. And the whole day, every day I wake is a mission field. I'm on mission, and I can't even tell you the John 10.10 that you'll enter when you get like that. It's the abundant life. And that there's so much more. And it's giving our life away. So there's a passion I have that I haven't had before. And it's the passion that drives us to the willingness to go and to reach, to pray, to provide, to, to be a presence in this, in this um, generation. So I, um, first of all, let's just talk about who Gen Z is. Let's, let's put the generations, let's talk about the generation. We're going to go back in, back in time a little bit. Okay, so... Baby boomers, you are born between... And again, these are, these are um, brush, large brushstrokes, okay? You might fall in between some of them. Um, baby boomers are 1946 to 1964. Uh, Gen X, which I'm a part of, um, 1965 to 1976. Millennials, 1977 to 1995. And Gen Z is 1996 to current. Um, I would say maybe uh, 11 and under would be considered alpha um, generation, but we don't know much about them yet. We just are starting to learn about Gen Z. So um, my favorite group's not up here, but they're called the Zillennials. Where's Jay? Jay's not here. When was Jay born? What year? Anybody know? 98? Okay, so from 1994 in 1998, there's this little uh, group called the Zillennials, and my daughter's in that group. I adore Zillennials. They're my absolute favorite people in the planet. They are awesome because they can speak both languages. They can speak millennial language and Gen Z language, and they help the boomers and the Xers a whole lot. So if you have any Zillennials in your life, sit them down. They're just amazing people all together. I love them. I love Gen Z, too, but I really love the Zillennials. Um, so let's talk about who Gen Z is and what we want to know about them. Do I have the digital natives? Do we have that screen or is there, you can go to the next, okay, perfect. So here's something that I didn't know at first. Uh, Gen Z, their first language is not English. It's not speaking. Their first language is digital. And you're like, well, Josh Gar, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's digital. And that's, um, so the English language is not their first language, but technology. So for some, the cell phone is, it's, it's a part of them. For some, the cell phone is like their identity. To me, I identify this as if I need to get a hold of my mom or my daughter. Those are my first things. I need to know where they are and how I can get to them if they need me. And the other thing, it's work. This is work. This is not connective. I mean, it's connectivity, but it means when this goes off, that means something needs to be handled. this is not my friendship. This is not my identity. This is not a part of my appendage. And you're like, that's ridiculous. How did that happen? Well, I think uh, you can probably see little kids could swipe right before they could say mommy and daddy. That's just what, like, we're learning this. We didn't know what you don't know, okay? Now we're learning that this is what's happened. So, how do we help? So, it's not like we can't, and we we always want to blame parents. We do blame. This is not an anti-parent message. This is not an anti-media. This is not an anti-cell phone message. This is none of those things. With every invention that mankind has made, every tool that God has allowed us to have, has always had um, a possibility of a misuse. And so we have automobiles, but I have known people that have died in automobile crashes. I've known people that have had disabilities because of automobile crashes. I know people have struggled because of that. Planes, TV, computers, those are wonderful tools, but they can also be misused. And so um, this is not like a message about the anti-anything. This is, this is, let's know who these guys are. So they're more comfortable communicating digitally than face-to-face. And again, large brushstrokes, you might have young people in your life that they can talk right face-to-face with you without any problems. Um, social cultural norms, um, they have, uh, it's just not as safe as it was with when we were growing up. And, and I'll get to that in a minute. They use emojis different than I use emojis. Um, response time pressure is different than us. And um, you can go to the next slide. So, this is the difference when you're going to compare the noise. So, in, if you were a 1990s kid, raise your hand. I mean, maybe 90s? Who's 90s? Okay, so these guys grew up in the 90s. And they had a landline and they were only reached at certain times of the day. You know what I mean? Like most kids knew not to call around five o'clock when people ate dinner because who would answer the phone but the dad of the house or the mom of the house. Like, don't call my kid right now. They're eating. They're doing homework. You know, like there was a boundary. Like there was some, some space. Now you can be reached at any time, all times, 24-7. Radio, Walkman, Discman. Um, now you can stream music videos all the time, anytime. Um, if you had a conflict, it was either in person or you were on the phone, okay? Now, conflicts happen through text. Um, the fence says a fake Instagram account, unfollowing or ghosting. So ghosting is when you were texting somebody and all of a sudden they don't text you anymore. So you're, you're ghosted. And when someone doesn't want to be your friend anymore, they unfollow you. And you might not think that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Your peer group just stops. Oh, how do you know they don't want to be your friend? Oh, they don't follow me anymore. They unfollowed me. Um, the fake Instagram accounts. I had a, a young person that I knew and somebody made a f- fake Instagram about, account about her. She's barely 13 years of age and she had to drop out of school because of the pain and mental health of it. Um, and this is here in our, our community. Um, embarrassing moment, moments are just stories. Now they can be recorded. Now they can be there. Do you see the pressure that you're under just to function in the day in the summertime? We, um, we've had a couple of kids. We'll go to work crew and we're work camp. And one of the kids asked, or one of the moms asked their kid, like they didn't have their phone on them at work crew. He she said, what was the best part about work crew this summer? You're gone a whole month and you're just serving at the camps. And he said, I didn't have my cell phone. And she's like, there was no cell phones. That was real. She goes, why? She goes, because I never had the threat of anybody recording me doing something dumb. I could just be myself. And they know that cell phones are bad for them. They know all this. They'll be like, you like your phone? No, heck no. I don't like my phone. But it's a part of them, and it's a part of all they've ever known. Um, so let's see here. Um, they see friends. So if you... You, got, you get updates on the weekends of what happened. It's, it's on school, like you find out during art in the 90s. A 90s kid would find out, oh, yeah, um, Susie had a sleepover at Janet's house, blah, blah, blah. They had a birthday party. You just kind of hear about it. Now you can actually watch your friends go be friends with other people, and you're not invited at all. That's painful. That's painful. I'll be honest, there's times that I go on social media. And, and I'll just be very vulnerable, and I'll see marriage after marriage after marriage. i am like, dang, they're going to, like, the Greece, or they're going to, like, some other place. And I'm like, wow, I think I might have made some bad decisions back in the day. And then I have to be like, no, like, I'm on mission. I'm on mission. I got to die to some dreams. So I'm just being real with you. Um, so let's see. Every moment can be recorded and shared. Um, they sleep. So, remember when the TV would end, like, I think my, I always remember my mom and dad, and you think these things don't make you feel comfortable when you're growing up, but they do. We had a routine. They watched the Johnny Carson show. I'd always go to bed early, but they always, if I got up in the middle of the night, they were, they had the Johnny Carson show on. When that went off, then what happened? He but happened before then. I think it was like the American flag and like the, I don't know, Star Spangled Banner or something, but it was gone. TV was away for a season and you would wake up to like a radio or an alarm or your mom would be yelling at you or something. So the noise never stops. They sleep to noise and they wake to alerts. When they wake up, they have all these notifications. Now we have the same things, but not to the, not to the intensity. They're on like the Audubon as far as notifications. We're like driving down like route 50 or something. We can't even compare to the fast that they're going. Um, okay, what's the next thing? The next slide. Okay, so this is how God helped me. In 2020, we had the pandemic, and I had young college students that I was working with, and I did not understand why they were freaking out. They were crumbling, and I kept hearing, I'm, ang- I just, got, I'm just full of anxiety right now. My anxiety. It's just, I'm just overwhelmed. My, I can't function. I can't give up anything. And these were like missionaries on mission with me. And they're like, I can't do anything. I can't even. And they were dropping like flies. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm an Xer. I'm a Gen Xer. I don't even understand this language. I have now, I'm in another culture. If I, w- if I was called to Brazil, I would be embedded in Brazil and I'd be learning their culture. I would be coming and bringing my white American ways and be like, oh, well, that's not how we do it in America. We're like, well, you're not in America, amiga. Like, the best I can do is Spanish. Yeah, that's about, yeah, that, I don't even, they speak Portugal. See, um, where was I even talking about? Okay, so I woke up one day, and I know this was the Holy Spirit, and, he, and immediately I woke up because I've been troubled, and I didn't even pray about it, but God really cares. And so he's like, Google shows that were popular when you were 10, all the way to, like, when you were 20, the most influential, what was happening in your culture. And then Google shows for what your 20-year-olds experienced when they were 10 up till now. And so it's very interesting because um, this is what I grew up to. All in the family, Laverne and Shirley. I love Laverne and Shirley, and I don't know where they are on the reruns, but they need to get on that. That is the best show ever. Laverne and Shirley, Maude, the bionic woman, Phyllis, Sanford and Son, the $6 million man, Rhoda. I mean, MASH. I mean, the Waltons, this is what I grew up to. There's closure in every one of these shows, closure. It closes the loop. It doesn't continue. The music plays at the end, and there's closure. Let's see if there's a cop show up there. Let's see. Sarsky. Okay, Kojak. Anybody watch Kojak growing up? Do You ever remember being stressed after watching Kojak? Did the bad guy go to jail? Yeah. And the good guy got, what, is he the dude with the lollipop? Or was it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it closed, and you went to bed, and it was done. Okay, let's look at the next one. Do I have another one? Oh, I don't have another Okay, 2022. You want to know what's going on now in 2022? These are the top. I, I, didn't, I didn't pull it up because there's some pictures, and we also have some young people in here, so I just decided not to pull it up. Um, House of Dragons, Rings of Power, which is a Lord of Rings thing. I'm not here to tell you whether to watch these shows or not watch these shows. This is not me censoring anything. Do what you want to do with what God tells you to do. But this is what's happening right now. House of Dragons, Rings of Power, uh, Dahmer, uh, Monster, Story of Jeffrey Dahmer. That's number three. Number four, Terminal List. Number five is Uncoupled. Number six is Severance. Number seven is The Sandman. Number eight is She-Hulk, Attorney of Law. Number nine is I Am Groot. And number 10 is Obi-Wan Kenobi. The top three, House of Dragon, Ring of Power, Jeffrey Dahmer. Wow. So this is in our culture. I'm not saying you're watching it. I don't care. I, I mean, I'm not here to censor. But this is what is around our, our kids. This is the culture. What was around my culture was all in the family. And, you know, even when I would have, see that show on, I, I knew he was not very nice. You know, we had closure. We had Laverne and Shirley. Uh, happy days so it helped me to stop thinking about looking at this culture from my point of view well when i was a kid we didn't we don't care when you were a kid that was a long long time ago and sorry i'm talking to myself long long time ago and and another culture and you were influenced by all of that and now there's more divorce there's more um Dis, like disconnection busyness everything um, let's go to the next one okay so these are the most important questions that young people are asking am I safe and that has a lot of um, different nuances to it so am I safe doesn't mean like it's it is physical safety but it's also like um, are you safe is that a safe person and so, there's been times that I've been labeled an unsafe person for a young person, and they just misunderstood. I, we weren't speaking the same language, and they felt like I came against them, and, or my opinion was, was not something that they were familiar with. And so, like, I lost, I, that bridge died. That bridge broke, and I probably will never get that bridge back. So, I pray that another caring adult will come into their life and be able to maintain that bridge. So... Safety is more about um, not just uh, physical safety, but am I emotionally safety? Am I, um, like, in their every day? So the difference between, like, safety and resilience is, uh, I don't think I put that down. I'm sorry. I jumped around there. Anyways, um, so safety is, is more about the physical safety. And we're living in a post-Christian culture. So we're living in a culture of students and kids that may never have ever known about Jesus. And I know that's really foreign for us, but it's real. I'm telling you, it is real. They don't know who Jesus is, what the Bible has said. They don't know any of these things. They don't, if they see this, this uh, sign at the football game that says John 3:16, they don't know what that is. You know the crosses that you see, sometimes three crosses. They'll be, what are those three X's doing up there? And see, we're coming from our point of view. So we think we just tell them, hey, Jesus loves you. He wants to have a relationship. I don't even know what you're talking about. And then what they, because they're great researchers, they'll research it. And then they see the hypocrisy of Christianity. So the chances of them coming into the church right now is very slim. And I'm not trying to be a downer or I'm just trying to be as honest as possible. Boots on the ground, they don't, The the world has has set up a situation where church and Christianity and Jesus and all these things are not considered safe. And that's sad. And so that's why we go. <laughs> that's why we go. Because just as Jesus, when, when Jesus was born into the world, that people thought they knew who father God was. Well, they didn't even know father God. They thought they knew who God was. He, they had the laws and they were, and I mean, Jesus came for a lot of redemption, a lot of things he, he accomplished, but one of the things was to be the incarnation of God Almighty, who is the God of love, the God of peace, the God of mercy. He came and, and became one of us. And because of his relationship building and because he was one of us, people began to hear and see Someone talking about something they had never seen before, and it's called the kingdom of God. Which he was acting at in the kingdom of God, where he was loving people, reaching people, talking about this God, this holy God as his Father, and that changed a lot of things. I'm seeing, and I'm certainly not putting us in that kind of category as Jesus, but I'm saying that in the in the most minute purpose is we are going into the world where kids are at and we're trying to bring the incarnational like you think you know who jesus is you think you know who christians are and i don't even say i'm a christian for a long long time i just act like i'm a christian i I don't even know if i act like a christian i try to love as jesus would love that person individually i'm not perfect at that but i try and the holy spirit's gracious and he helps us and so that is what i'm I'm saying uh, as far as safety goes, and that's why they need us to come. The other question they're asking, uh, mental health is a real, a real issue. It's, it's a huge issue and it's real and we need to treat it as real and there are no pat answers for it. Kids need someone to listen to them. They need someone to help them. They need someone to, that um, can uh, get in it with them. And so um, for us, we don't understand it because we come from a different culture and so let's look at it like this. Our baseline of, of um, being able to cope is down here. Okay, so it, when the pandemic, for instance, came. So we're carrying a cinder block of natural stress. Like that's our stress baseline. The pandemic comes and it's um, another maybe cinder block, maybe a couple bricks. I don't know. It just depends where you're at. And you're like, ah, oh, this is uncomfortable and the pain and it's a little bit heavier and I got to maneuver differently. But they're already carrying, their baseline's already up here. So when you started putting the weight of the pandemic on their lives and the fact that, um, you know, everything's canceled on them and they can't go, like, that was enough to, I mean, a lot of my college students quit because they couldn't handle it. And it's because, and I can't be like, oh, those dumb snowflakes. Yeah, look what they're carrying. They're the first, Gen, gen Z's the first generation that even had school shootings. So and we already talked about the shows that are happening. Like this, this happened on our watch. We're responsible, and I really want to talk about like not not like polarization. Like let's go after the media and let's fight this person and let's hate that that person and let's be angry at all these people. We're not going to accomplish anything in the kingdom by dividing ourselves into political things and fight. I mean, you can you can pray. I believe you can pray those things in prayer but not here in the flesh, because that's not kingdom. That's not kingdom. And don't get tricked into thinking that's kingdom work. Well, I'm being righteous for God. And, I, you know, Jesus had zealots on his team. He also probably had, like, a strong Democrats on his team. He had a criminal on his team. He probably had a MAGA guy on his team. And somehow he was able to get all of them to work together for one purpose— the kingdom of god and that's what our purpose is we're to be on mission for him for others that's our mission so don't get sucked up into all those little streams because you'll miss the abundant life and the abundant life is laying our life down for someone else and going when nobody else can go and you go by prayer you go by provision and you go by being present so those are three ways that you can you can go cuz you might be like hey listen i'm doing the best i can well you know what can you pray Cause that's awesome. How about five bucks? Can you buy a candle? You know, like, like, you know, can you come and be present? Can you make a meal? Can you do something? So I have 10 missionaries here in Marion County. Most of them come from Morgantown to minister and go in the high schools for our kids, for our kids. So we're always, we always need more. So always earnestly pray for more leaders. Um, I know I'm kind of bumping all over the place. Um, The values and identity that's been shaped by social media and cancel culture is a real threat and that's also um, part of the mental health problems that are happening. So I want to talk a little bit about the positives of Gen Z because Gen Z is pretty awesome. They really are. Here's one of my, here's my thing I love about them is they really do want caring adults in their life. And you know what, the older the better. It's crazy. Millennials didn't want us. They they were like, get away. But Gen Z's like, we'll take anybody. We will take anybody that just will listen to me, and that just cares. And there's a saying we use in Young Life called, "Warm is the new cool." And that's really, are you authentic? Hey, they can they'll, they'll tell you whether you're fake or not. They need authenticity. Don't come here with your, you know, your Bible thrown. That's scary to them. I'm sorry it's super hard right now, but Christianity is scary to them. So that's why we need all the more reason to go and show them who Jesus is and, and not get into, like, fighting arguments with people. Um, they are pretty awesome. They do, care, they do want adults to be with them. They are truth seekers, which is amazing because they're seeking truth. Not just their truth. They're seeking real truth, and they can research everything. So whatever you say, they're going to research it. In fact, I'll be honest, we've had kids not come to club because they've researched where the location is and it's at a church. Even though we don't have it in the church, we don't talk about any church, but they've already researched it and they're like, yeah, we're not going. It's at a church. So that's, they don't feel safe. It's crazy. Like even if there's like, you know, people on the street they don't feel comfortable with, it's, yeah, Um, but it's real and I need to own that is real, that's, that's real. They really are afraid. Um, they're the most uh, diverse generation. They're globally connected, which is amazing. You'll have a kid, we used to be able to relate to kids from like our neighborhood or in our schools. They can relate to kids globally. They'll know kids through gaming. They'll, under, they'll, they'll have more in common with a kid from Costa Rica sometime than a kid that's down the street from them because of different uh, technology. They care about creation. And you know what? We need to care about creation. The first assignment God gave us was creation and taking care of it. They care about that. This encourages me. This is all biblical stuff. They're they're seekers. They care about creation. They feel that um, they care about justice and dignity for all humanity. That is beautiful to me. That means that when this generation meets Jesus... They will be able to have a huge impact, one through connectivity, but they get the basics. Love one another. One, love creation. Take care of what you've been given. Um, treat all humans with dignity. And everybody is created in the, and deserves to be, everybody's created in the image of God and diver, deserves to be have dignity and be treated with dignity. And I've been challenged. I've been challenged with... Um, you know, I've had some friends that are in, in uh, middle school that are, like, transitioning. And I've, I've, my job is, um, it's, I, I, you guys might not agree with me, and I'm, I'm careful in how I say this, and I'm not saying um, that I condone all these things, but I don't let it affect anything. It's as if I don't even know any of that information. And I never used to be like that. I used to think like, well, if I condone them, my God, I'm saying, I believe them. They're not even, they just need, I just need to go. I just need to go. And, you know, Jesus, when he was, he was a reformer. He was a huge reformer. And he didn't carry, like, when you look at Jesus, he didn't carry a sign that said, women's rights, on. You know what he did? He just went and met the woman at the well. You know, he wasn't the leader that was like, hey, can you walk and talk with me? No. When the when he was going to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, some lady grabbed him by the cloak and he felt something leave and he stopped. He stopped. He wasn't like, hey, can you walk and talk with me? Hey, yeah, like I think you had an issue with bleeding blood, you know. He stopped. This generation needs us to stop. The 99, when Jesus talks about the parable about the the, the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one. It's time to go to leave the 99 and go after the one. Whether you go after that generation in prayer, uh, presence or provision, they need someone to come and help them. They need someone to come for them. And Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a hated man. I mean, we, we think, I don't know, I, I'm just being challenged in my own mind about what Jesus really did. He's walking down the street and he ignores all the solid, God-fearing people and goes to hang out and goes to this guy's house. Who knows what was going on in that guy's house? He was like a criminal. He was like stealing from people. He was hated. It's like somebody coming in here and you working all day and he comes in and he takes all of your money and leaves you with a buck fifty and does that the to whole town and has power over people. People hated his guts. And Jesus picks him because he sees way past all of that. But he didn't like call him out in front of everybody. Hey, you you need it. Like he went and had a meal with him and something happened at that moment when they were one-on-one, face-to-face eating something. I don't know what. And I don't think I always say pita and hummus or whatever. But whatever they're doing there, from that point on, Zacchaeus leaves. And he's changed. Jesus leaves, but Zacchaeus' whole house is changed. And he gives back three times. That's reparations. Gen Z would love a Jesus like that. They care about reparations. They care about social reform. They care about all that stuff. So when they find this Jesus who actually cares about, and not the American Jesus, and not the Jesus that's on social media, and not the Jesus that freaks them out and scares them, when they meet that Jesus, they'll, they'll meet the real one and they'll be changed. And that's where I feel the incarnational peace that I'm walking in right now is I'm, I, I, I'm going out. And not everybody can go out, and I get that. And, um, but I just want to thank you for your prayers because if we don't have that, we don't have anything. And I'll be honest, like I would say probably one of my biggest challenges has been prayer because I'm so busy. And... <laughs> And so because of that, because this generation is, you know, you've got to be where they're at. Well, they're, they're out. They're all over the place, you know. And, uh, but I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. And I just want to thank you for prayers for us, anything that you want to do to partner with us. They're an incredible generation. I love they're my best friends. I love them. They have so much potential. They have so much um, going for them. And I like the millennials just a little bit, but I love Gen Z. I love Gen Z. So I'm going to, you want to close them for?: Thanks for listening. Don't, I appreciate it.
0: Don't move. Hallelujah. <laughs> so right now on Monday nights, we have club.
1: Yeah. Monday night we have club. And here's the thing. We're, if you look at Young Life as a train. You turn that. Okay. Yeah. we have a train, we, club is an event. It's the caboose. It's the caboose the train the engine is contact work which is one-on-one we want to invite them to something because that allows us to tell a message larger you know to a lot of people but if you don't have that one-on-one relationship where they form trust they're not going to come to your event you know they're just not you know so I think God is shifting a lot of things in our mission but one thing is we do have a club here that meets and we've been running about 20 some kids 25 kids On a positive note, some good things for those that have been praying for East Fairmont Middle School. It's not called Bible Club, but a Bible Club started um, through another youth pastor in town because she lives on the east side, so she wanted to go there. And so I've taken some volleyball girls there. Um, Another thing, uh, Fairmont State is up and running. We're running about 10 to 20 young people from Fairmont State, so that's a new thing.
0: That, and that's to develop... This all happened is within, that, like, six that, months. That, is that... Uh, that's to the develop.
1: Our goal is to have leaders from Fairmont State College work with us who are who are older going into our own community as opposed to having Fairmont, our Morgantown students come here. So it's not just a college thing. It's multi-generational. It's just the college, they're willing to go, to be quite honest. The college age is willing to go. And, uh, and you know, there's a few of us... Want, one thing I want to say, um, you know, I, I mentioned this when we were in the room, 78% of, of uh, families in McDowell County um, are, are non-biological families. The opioid crisis is huge in, in our, West Virginia as a whole needs prayer. I have some beautiful friends that are area directors in another county and they have three small children. And they have been wildlife leaders for several, for like several years. And they have um, recently fostered, or they're adopting two kids from their wildlife group because their parents are dead and their grandparents don't want them. And they're precious. So they went from a family of three to a family of seven. And uh, yeah, and that's the kind of people that I get to walk alongside, like true missionaries. Like, Like, so anyways they knew the kids so it wasn't like they they knew these kids so it wasn't like they just got kids through the foster care system they actually had been like telling CPS about the grandparents and things like that and they just said hey there's nobody else that wants them we're gonna put them in the system would you want them but they knew them they're little kids they have little kids so they wouldn't have taken two middle school kids unless they really knew them well and they're solid kids and now they have a mom and a dad that they never had so that's the kind of stuff we're doing
0: still don't leave I wanted to say that um, I want to relate something and then because we're talking about a change of heart you can't reach someone unless God changes your heart there was a time about I think a year ago by this time and we were in here and uh, the Lord put on our hearts to pray for those trapped in human trafficking. And uh, then we started praying, praying in the spirit. It turned into a um, kind of a, a grieving, crying out, moaning, weighty kind of prayer. Everybody, it was about 45 minutes of this intense prayer. I changed. God took his heart in heaven and he put it in my heart. And when I think of people trapped in human trafficking, my heart is changed. And I pray with a lot of conviction. It matters to me. It didn't matter to me the way it does now because God put his heart inside. And what I see in Lori is God has been putting his heart inside of her and she's been reaching beyond what she would normally do i don't care about all the all the dysphoria and confusion and gender identity i don't give a rip i just know there's a little lost soul in there and i believe jesus loves that person because he knows who they really are You see, we're not originally sinners. We're originally made in his image. And there's a beautiful person in there. But they haven't had the love of the Father come through Jesus Christ and cause them to awaken to know that. So they're in the confusion of what this world does to them. Somebody's got to be... Like Jesus, when they come up, and the disciples said, Get them out of here. When they were bringing the kids, the parents were bringing the kids to pray for them. Jesus wanted Jesus to bless them, and they were like, The disciples were wacko. And Jesus said, Get them, bring the kids here. Bring the kids. And he blessed them. I want that spirit to be in us. We already know the destruction. There's a verb. I mean, a little proverb, I've got to go look it up now, but it was like if you, if you let somebody go be destroyed, you know, it's on you. You've got to go rescue. You can't be partnering with that. Would you uh, just join me in prayer right now? Just lift your hearts before the Lord. We want to be able to pray. We want to be able to provide. And we want to be able to have a presence that cherishes people. Just lift your heads to the Lord. Father God, we pray right now that what you feel in heaven, your heart, Father, I know that you come and you've given me revelation of who you are. You're the God that wipes away the tears that death has caused, that mourning and sorrow and griefs and pain. You're the Father that goes and wipes the tears from our eyes. And so we come in the name of Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that you would cause a change in us, that you would help us see this next generation through your eyes. If that's you, just say, Lord, change me, change my heart, change my perspective, help me see as you see. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Let's go ahead and uh, stand together just stand just for a minute if you've been listening to this you got something honey okay yes go ahead
2: here's some action steps okay we have offering envelopes out there the lord said we have three ways we can do this right we can give pray and we're going to be praying you know we've got baskets full of kids names we're going to be praying and all of the young life so write on your check or on the outside of the envelope young life yl will work if that's what you want to do make an action step do something okay if you want to come pray with us thursday night that's an action step okay And the the other one was... Presence. Presence. Somebody's heart in here is being touched and saying, I want to be one of those people that listen to a kid. How how else do I say it, Laurie? Just that wants to be involved with Laurie and listening to kids. You know, just hanging out with them and just do that. Somebody, I know somebody, God's touching somebody's heart. If the Lord is doing that Lori's here Come, just come talk to her come talk to her if you're going whoa 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 I'm a little slow thinker I I don't respond real fast on this I give you to next week okay next week you gotta do something of those one of those three okay don't 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 miss this opportunity to reap by giving, you know? Amen? Amen.